Family, we're, God is drawing us into moments that we just can't rush past. God is drawing us into moments that we don't want to just rush past. And I'm talking even in our, in our, it'll be together in our corporate time, but also in our private time. He's drawing us into moments. Don't let those moments pass you by. Hey man, if he, if he's if you're you're worshiping and you're in there and you just feel you know you feel like okay it's coming down to a close and, and you're ready to go and he just he says one more moment just just stay a little longer, hallelujah, mm. thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, he's drawing us, and he said I'm, he says I'm ready I'm I'm ready to show my glory I'm ready to pour out I'm ready. So just just stay a little bit longer. Just stay with me a little longer. Hallelujah. He is drawing us this morning. Amen. Let's go and get ready for the word this morning. Amen. We're going to uh, I'm actually going to read a few scriptures to get started this morning. Amen. So we're going to start in John chapter 10, verse 10. Uh, we're kind of picking up on where we were last week a little bit here. Uh, John chapter 10, verse 10, and I'm reading out of the ESV version. John chapter 10, verse 10, and it says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Amen. And like I said, I'm going to hit these kind of rapid fire here. Luke chapter 24, verse 49, and you'll see how it all works together as we go. Luke chapter 24, verse 49, it says, and behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you but stay in the city stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high amen excuse me acts chapter 1 verse 8 acts chapter 1 verse 8 says but you will receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and to the end of the earth Amen. Two, two more verses. Stay with me here. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 through 20. Mark 16, verses 17 through 20. It says, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. Talking about the disciples. They went out and preached everywhere. But watch this. While the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Amen. One more verse. Acts chapter 2. Verse 38 and then 39. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Amen. If you'll bear with me this morning, I just want to talk from the subject next gen church, next gen church or next generation church. 
Amen. Holy Spirit, we're here for you. Have your way. Speak to our hearts and let us know what's on the Father's heart. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Next generation church. Amen. Next generation church, where we can shorten and say next gen. We're very familiar with that term. Next gen means the next iteration or the next uh, product that's coming out, the next upgrade, uh, whether it's the hardware, software, amen. In, a, in our age of technological advancement, we are bombarded by upgrades and updates, amen. We're in, 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 always in anticipation of the next generation of this or that. You know, every year or so, Apple releases a new phone full of all the latest upgrades and updates to their devices, and I, I guess Android does too if you're into that, that sort of thing, but their slogan is always, the Apple slogan is always, the next generation of iPhone is here. You know, the apps that we have on our phones, our computers, even our streaming services, frequently require updates. And what they do is they fix issues or problems that are discovered through using these devices. Uh, you, you know how it is. Sometimes you're re getting ready and you get an alert on your phone that says, oh, well, you, you know, this update will be installed because they've figured out there's some things that can make this thing work better. It can make it work the way, watch this, that it was intended to work at the beginning. Amen. The way it was designed. Right. And Jesus knew that in order for us to be fully alive, in order for us to be fully alive, we would require an upgrade to our operating system. Amen. The old system of laws and sacrifices have been made obsolete by his death on the cross. Amen. And so this next generation of man, which is really, when we think about it, it's a return to God's original intention for mankind in the garden. We require a total makeover. Amen. From hardware to software to applications. Amen. The whole thing. Amen. What the father began in the heavenly kingdom would have to make its way down to every end user on earth. Amen. The Lord is saying, listen, the next generation of the kingdom is here. Amen. Glory to God. That was John the Baptist's message. When we think about it, that was Jesus message. They would say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What were they saying? The next generation of the kingdom, the next generation of mankind has arrived. It is here. Amen. He's, he was declaring that what was ruined in the garden was paid for at the cross, amen, and would be manifested, watch this, at Pentecost, amen. Pentecost was the release date for every end user to receive the next generation of kingdom, amen. Now, they got to pre preview the prototype, amen. They got to see Jesus walking around fully God, but also fully man, walking around living a kingdom lifestyle right here on earth. They got to see that, amen. They even learned, watch this, they even learned how to operate the new operating system as Jesus sent them out two by two. He told them to go into every town, Preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Amen. Cast out devils freely. You've received 
freely give. So he sent them out and they went and they worked in this new operating system before it was released. Amen to everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, Jesus goes to the cross. He told them all about, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. But not only that, he says, I'm going and I'm going to send you the upgrade. I'm going to send you the upgrade. Amen. So Jesus dies on the cross. and We celebrated his resurrection even on last week. But family, that wasn't the end of the story. Just like Good Friday wasn't the end of the story. There was a resurrection Sunday. But guess what? There was was also a Pentecost that came after the resurrection. Amen. Because he didn't want us. He didn't want to be the only one that resurrected. Amen. He wanted us to be fully alive as well. Amen. So after Jesus walked the earth for 40 days, the Bible says he showed himself alive with many infallible proofs, means that he proved to everyone that he was alive and well. Amen. He did the things that living people do. Amen. But not only that, he did the things that living people do, but he also did the things that kingdom people do. He continued to do miracles. He continued to speak the word. He continued to his mission. Amen. After he came back to life. Amen. Now, listen, he told them, let's go to John chapter 14. When Jesus was with them, he began to minister to them about what was coming. Amen. He began to minister to them and tell them about this next gen that he was bringing to the earth. Amen. John chapter 14, verse 15. And this is when he was sitting at the Last Supper. You got to go back and read this because when you look at John chapter 14, 15 and 16, these were all the things that John recorded that Jesus was, was saying at the Last Supper when he was in, having this time of intimacy with his disciples. Think about this. The very important last things that he's telling them before he would be separated for, from them for a time. He wanted to make sure they got these things. And these were the things he said. Look, John chapter 14, verse 15, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 16. And I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells. We said this before. He dwells with you and will be in you. So he says, listen, you, you know, the Holy Spirit, you've seen him work. He's been with you as I've been with you. But now just like he's in me, he's going to be in you. That's the next generation. He said, just like he's in me, he's going to be in you. Go to John chapter 16, verse seven. And I need you guys to keep these scriptures close to your heart because we're going to be believing these. We're going to be praying that God will manifest these scriptures in our church and in our lives. Amen. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go and he did go, he says, but if I go, I will send him to you. Amen. So it was um, for their advantage. They were sad. Amen. I can only imagine what they were feeling and what they were thinking as they had walked this last three and a half years with Jesus and then watching him be carried off to the cross, watching him die and then come back to life. And now he's leaving again. He says, but listen, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send a helper. He says, I have to go away. And if I go away, I'm going to send him to you. Amen. He said, this is going to be the next generation right here. Amen. And so he prepared them one more time before he went back. Go to Luke chapter 24. 
He prepared them one more time as he had walked with them for 40 days. He led them out and he was getting ready to ascend up to heaven. He says, behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Says, and he led them as far out as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. So Jesus says, listen, I'm going, but I'm going to send you a helper. And when I go, I'm going to send him back down to you. I have to go so you can receive the promise of my father. Amen. And so he ascended. Then he told him in Acts chapter one, verse eight. I know we're, we're reading a lot of scriptures. Hold on to them. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. He says, but you will receive what power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, even to the end of the earth. He made it clear. Listen, this next generation, this next gen church that I'm beginning, you don't want to try and do this on your own. He said, this isn't just for you to just go out and do without me. Listen, I am going to be with you. I'm going to confirm the message. He said, don't go and try and do it on your own. Wait until you receive the power that I'm promising. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, wait for the power from on high and then you'll see next gen church. Amen. Acts chapter two, verse one. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm, I'm probably not going to do a whole bunch of preaching today as much as I am just reading what he said. Amen. Because when we take him at what he, for what he said, when we trust him for what he said, amen, we will see what he said manifested in our lives. So he went away. He told them, listen, wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power and then I'll send you out. And so we know that on the day of Pentecost was when they re received the Holy Spirit. Let's read this account. Acts chapter two, verse one. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Now, let me pause right here because I feel a, a, a little shift in the spirit when I when we start for whatever reason. And I know why, but for, for, for this reason, when we start talking about tongues, people get all agitated. They, they start to tune out. They start, oh, that's weird. And we don't want to. I'm not preaching tongues. I'm pre preaching the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm preaching the Holy Spirit. This is how we happen to manifest. And we want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We say, well, I don't want that. So I'm going to just throw the whole thing out. Don't do that. Because the enemy is trying to keep you from what God has for you. It's not about tongues. It's about receiving the Holy Spirit so you can go and do what God wants you to do. So you can be empowered, amen, to do the mission that God sent you to earth. You can't do it by yourself. Amen. We can't do this by ourselves. It takes him. He said, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. Slow that down a little bit. Not by your power, not by your might, but by my spirit. He wasn't saying the mission was impossible. No, there's just a way you have to do it and you have to do it with me. He said, you can't do it without me. But I'm promising if you'll tarry, if you'll wait for the, the promise of the father, 
I will give it to you. I will empower you to do what I've called you here to do. Amen. And we saw this manifested. So so don't trip out about when he starts talking about tongues. Now, I believe there's a good case to, to biblically. There's a good case to believe God for the speaking in tongues and all that when you're baptized with the spirit. I also believe that there's a good case for not saying it is the initial and only evidence you'll see in someone who's filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. I, we've got good biblical evidence to go both ways. Amen. But the point is, don't get wrapped around that and get into some contention and let the enemy keep you away from the promise that God has for you. If you have faith to believe that God will meet you and allow you to speak in tongues when you're baptized with the spirit, then so be it. Do it according to your faith. Amen. But now I'm going to tell you, I put more more stock, if you will, in the fruit of the spirit. They're speaking in tongues. I don't care if you speak in tongues if you lie in English. Don't make no difference to me. Amen. Amen. We want the fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the long suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, temperance, faith. We want to see that manifested because that's evidence not only that you have the spirit, but that he's alive in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus came that we could be what? Fully alive. That's the evidence. Amen. So I want to see fruit. The Bible says by your fruit. You shall know a tree. A tree is known by its fruit. It says, by your fruit, you shall know them. Amen. Hallelujah. So gifts are great. And we need the gifts. And don't let people tell you that the gifts are no longer in operation. There is no biblical evidence for that. There is nothing that actually says that, that you can build a case biblically that says that the gifts of the Spirit are no longer in operation. It's just not there. Amen. And so, yes, we need the gifts. And I'm asking God that every one of the gifts would be manifested in this ministry through you in this ministry. Amen. Everything that he promised. I want to see it all. Amen. I want it all. But it's not us. It's him. Amen. I'm asking for every one of them to be manifested, decent and in order, working the way that he intended it to be. That's what next generation church looks like. Amen. Next generation church is a church that is full and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Family, guess what? I miss being in church. I miss being together with all of you. Amen. I miss it. I miss it so much. But here's the thing. If we went out one way and we come back together the same way. We might as well just stay and do what we're doing. But God is saying, no, I'm ready. I am ready to pour out my spirit. Are you ready to receive? That's what he wants to know. Are you ready to receive? He says, I'm ready to pour out. The clouds are saturated with rain. Glory to God. He says, I'm ready to pour out. So, but I'm looking for who I can pour on. Let me say it again. He says, I'm ready to pour out. But I'm just looking for a place that I can pour on. Hallelujah. Amen. This first generation here, this first generation, let's go to Acts chapter two, verse 16. This first generation, so after they spoke in tongues and all that, everybody was tripping. They were like, well, what's going on? Aren't all these people from Galilee? Why are we hearing them speak all these different languages? And Peter began to explain it. He said, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. 
says in the last days it shall be God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on the, my male servants and my female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Amen. So Peter explained it. He preached the gospel. Three thousand people added at one altar call in one day. Three thousand people added to the church. Hallelujah. Mighty manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And the disciples moved on from there. And the Bible says they went everywhere speaking the word with boldness. The Lord working with them with accompanying signs. They turned the world upside down. That was the first generation. Hallelujah. That was the first generation of church. Now, the fact of the matter is, with successive generations, just like with our phones, with excessive successive generations, we should see improvement. We should see things going farther than they were before. But we're not seeing that. Why? Because we have moved on, if you will, from the first generation way of doing things. We've become so progressive that we've missed out on principle. We've become so trying to move far forward and pack our churches and fill them up with programs and all this stuff that we programmed out the Holy Ghost. We programmed him out of our services. We don't have time for him to move. No, we've got the next thing on the agenda. No, we've got the next service coming in in 15 minutes. We've got to wrap this up. The devil is a liar. When God is moving, nothing else matters. When he shows up, everything stops. It's all about him. Should always be all about him. But when God walks into the room, what else do I need to say? Huh? When he shows up, I'm done. When he shows up, hallelujah, we talk about, God, I'm going to make room for you. And I, we want more of you. And then he shows up and we don't even have a place for him to sit. Not so. He says, if that's what we're coming back to, stay home. Let me say it again, just in case you missed it. He said, if that's what we're coming back to, to do more of the same, to keep him out, just, just keep the door locked. Because if I'm not allowed in, nobody else really needs to be there. That's, that, that's called a club. It's a social club. We could be in a place and we don't have room for the Holy Ghost. It's called a social club. That's not church. But we're saying, God, have your way. Anybody with me on this morning? We're saying, God, have your way. We make room for you. We want you here. Hallelujah. But watch this. Not only that, God, we want you here. We want you here. We want you in our hearts. Hallelujah. We want you in our hearts so you can overflow. You were with us and now you're in us. God, we want you to overflow out of us. But we can only do that if we increase our capacity for him. Man, we've got we've to come to the place where we increase our capacity for him. So many times there's so much other stuff in our hearts. There's so much other stuff that we don't have room for him here. So how can we make room for him here? 
Come on, let that sink in for a minute. If we're not making room for him here in our hearts, how are we going to make room for him in the church? Amen. Our life with God doesn't start in public. It starts in private. So I've got to make room for him in private. Hallelujah. So he can have room in public. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I mean, the, Jesus said, listen, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. But wait, what about all these people in all these churches? Everybody, you know, we shut the, the, the churches, close their doors. Everybody goes in, up in arms. Everybody's tripping. Well, why are we closing the church? Why is the church closed? This and that. OK, there's a lot of people in church. He says, not a lot of laborers. There's a lot of people in church. But there's not a lot of laborers now. Now, hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying there aren't people serving in the church. But there's not a lot of laborers, because if you're going to be a laborer, you've got to be filled and controlled by the Holy Ghost. That's what a laborer is. He said, I'll send you out. Amen. With signs following, he's going to try to send us out like he sent the disciples out. Amen. He tried. He's trying to send us out. But we've got to have the same thing if we want us to be next generation church. Otherwise, we're just doing the same old, same old. He said, I'm done with that. I'm moving on from that. And that's all it's going to be. If that's all you're really looking for, you can have it. You better hear what I'm saying this morning. He said, that's all you want is a social gathering. If all you want is to come together and hang out with your friends and, and be glad that you can take your masks off and, and sing and shout and make all kinds of noise, but I'm not invited. He said, you can have it and I'll be glad to stay away. Oh, you better hear me this morning. God said, I'm ready. He says, I am ready to pour out my spirit. I am ready to meet those who are hungry for me, to meet those who are thirsty for me. Oh, I hear the Holy Ghost this morning. He says that I'm not going. Oh, he said, I'm not going to allow you to get in my way of getting to those who are hungry and thirsty for me. He says if they're not welcoming your church, I'll shut it down. I'm trying to meet them. I'm trying to make change. I'm trying to do, make a change in somebody's life. He said, if your church is going to get in the way of me getting to them, don't you know that I judged the, 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 the Pharaoh in Egypt because he got in the way of my people worshiping me? Do y'all hear what I'm saying this morning? He says, he said, let my people go. Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may worship me. And he refused to let them go. And I took the whole system down. So I don't play with getting in front of me and my people. I don't play with that. He says, so whatever it takes, he said, there are people who are hungry. There are people who are thirsty and I'm drawing them. I'm drawing them to the church. I'm drawing them to the church because that should be the place where my spirit is being poured out. Where they can meet me, where they have room to be healed, where they have room to be filled with me. He says, don't get in the way of that. He says, really, you should want to get in on that because we all need him. Hallelujah. We all need him. We all need to be filled. But the Lord is saying, listen, it's time for us to begin to increase our capacity for him. Go to Ezekiel chapter 36. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25. 
See, in order to increase our capacity for him, we have to allow God to take us through a process. Hallelujah. We have to allow him to take us through a process. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25, he says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses and from all your idols. I will cleanse you. That's salvation. He says, I'm going to come. I'm going to save you. I'm going to clean you up. And then verse 26, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to jump and shout and run around the church. No, he says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to speak in tongues. I will put my spirit in you and cause you to prophesy and give a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge in the interpretation of tongues. No, he says, I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in all my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. See, see, when we're full of the Holy Ghost, there should be some fruit. There should be some evidence. There should be some change in us. And family, people, people are looking for change. They're looking for something different. They want to be free of the bondages that they've been living in. And this is how it happens when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you. Hallelujah. When, when he gets a hold of you, things start to shift. Things start to change. Hallelujah. But people are coming to the church and they're coming to have an encounter with God. There was a book a long time ago called The God Chasers by a man named Tommy Tinney, and he uses this analogy. He said, you've got all these churches that are advertising, and they've got fresh baked bread. You know how that smells when there's freshly baked bread? You can smell it all over the place. We had, used to have a bakery in my hometown, and, and when they were baking, man, the whole town just smelled like fresh baked bread. Everybody was hungry. Amen. <laughs> got, got hungry. But, but the idea is that scent draws you. It pulls you in. Amen. And, and, and Tommy Tinney was saying, we're telling people we have freshly baked bread. It smells like it. And they come in and all they find is crumbs on the floor. That's not what God wants for us. He's saying, listen, I just need a place. I just need a place where I can show up and draw people to. I just need a place where I'm welcomed, where I can welcome those that want me. Hallelujah. That's what, that's what set Mary and Martha's house apart. That's what set Simon the leper's house apart. And of course, they were both in Bethany. That's what set them apart because Jesus was welcomed. And those people that wanted him knew they could find him there. And that's what we want to be. But we can't do it on our own. We have to have the Holy Ghost. We have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And God is calling us to increase our capacity for him. Now, as we're I'm trying to to bring this to a to a gentle close here. But I have a demonstration that I want to share with you about what it looks like. This Ezekiel chapter 36, what this looks like to increase our capacity for God. So let's take a moment and watch this demonstration. The Lord has promised us that in the last days, he says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And family, I don't know about you, how many of you wanna be used? 
He told the disciples, tarry here in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So next generation church started at the day of Pentecost when God poured out his spirit. And so we come along the heels of that. Amen. And we want to see next generation church. Amen. And so the, the, the one requirement we have, we have to be filled with the spirit of God. It's non-negotiable. If we're going to be used of God, he said, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. If we want to be used of God, we have to be full of the spirit. So we show up and we say, God, here I am. Fill me. God, this is my heart. I want you to fill me to overflowing. And God says, yes, I will. I will pour out my spirit. So he tells us in Ezekiel 36, 25, he says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. So what he does, he comes to us and he begins to sprinkle clean water on us and he cleanses us from the inside out. Amen. So he begins to sprinkle clean water and we're trying to be full, right? We're trying to be full. And so he's filling us up. He's filling us up and he says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all of your idols and I will cleanse you. And so we're excited. We've gotten saved. Amen. We've, we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go out. God, use me for your glory. And so then the Lord sends people and he sends seven people to come to receive from you. The Bible says, Jesus said on the, the day of the feast, he said, he that believeth in me, as the scripture says, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Amen. So he comes to us. He gives us his spirit and we begin to pour out. He sends people to us. He sends seven people to us to begin to pour out into. Amen. And so we start pouring out into these people. Amen. And I'm pouring out. I'm giving what the Lord has given me to share. I'm giving the word that he's given me. I'm giving my testimony and sharing what he does. I'm trying to lead Bible study. I'm coming to church and I'm serving on the in the church and I'm doing the things that God would have me to do. And what I begin to notice is that as he wants me to pour out to people, I'm, I'm, I'm running low. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm, I'm trying. I'm running low. But the problem is there's something blocking. There's something taking up. My capacity for God. I should have been able to receive all of him. I should have been able to receive the full manifestation and outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But there's a problem. I don't have enough capacity in me to do all that he wants me to do because there's something taking up space. Amen. So this takes us to the next part. Now, I'm saying, God, here I am. Use me. And he says, I'm going to sprinkle clean water on you and you'll be clean. So you're saved. But then he realized there's something else. Because you should be able to accept the full measure of who I am. You should be able to accept and receive the full outpouring of my spirit. But there's something in me that's taking up space. And God is calling us to increase our capacity. If we're going to be next generation church, we have to increase our capacity for him. And so he says in Ezekiel 36 verse 26, he says, and I will give you, watch this, a new heart. And a new spirit and I will, I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And so God begins to work on us. He begins to minister to us through the Holy Spirit and he starts to increase our capacity by removing the stones that are in our heart. See, family, we said on Wednesday that there are some things in our story. Amen. And that didn't change God's mind about who we are. But the fact of the matter is the things that are in our story 
had an effect on us. And there may be some things that are left over that made an imprint on us that we haven't dealt with. And we have to open that up to God and say, God, increase my capacity. I want to be used of you. So whatever you find, David wrote, he said, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my anxiety. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting life. So we invite the Holy Spirit in, increase my capacity for you. And he begins to look down in the recesses of our heart and, and he begins to take out the stones out of our heart and find some evil speaking where we just feel like we can say whatever we want to to whoever we want to say it and, and, and God said that's not how I do things you've got to get rid of that so we say okay God take the evil speaking away from me I don't want it anymore and then he begins to dig a little more and he begins to find some bitterness there's some bitterness in my heart God take it out remove that bitterness from me from the things that happened to me in my past and say Jesus God I'll take it from you I'll remove that that stone from your heart and he begins to dig a little more and he finds some unforgiveness there's still some unforgiveness left over and he says give me that i'll take that and i'll remove because i'm increasing your capacity for me glory to god and then he keeps on looking he finds some lust in our heart there's still some leftover lust he says that's not a part of your new nature give that to me take that that stone out of your heart then he looks in and he finds some worldliness where we feel like we can just still act like the world, be like the world, carry ourselves like the world, but we're in a new kingdom, amen? So he says, no, come out from among them and be ye separate. So we got to take the worldliness. He says, get that stone out of your heart. And he keeps digging. He keeps digging. He finds some fear. He finds some fear. Maybe there's a fear of rejection. Maybe there's a fear of man. Maybe there's a fear of failure. But whatever it is, it's holding us back and it's taking up space. And he said, I got to get rid of that. Give me that. Give me that fear. I'm going to remove that stone from out of your heart. Glory to God. And then we see we find some hatred in our heart. Maybe we've got still some hatred left over for a certain group of people that, that did us wrong or certain people that may have done our ancestors wrong or certain people that we were raised and told not to like. And we've got some hatred in there. And the Bible tells us that if we're angry at our brother without cause, we've already committed the sin of murder. He says, no, you can't have that and have me. No, I've got to get that out of you. So he says, I'm going to remove the stone out of your flesh. And then he says, we, we look even further and he finds some envy. He finds some envy in there. Well, we're saying, what do we have to be envious about? Well, sometimes we, we feel like God favored somebody else's ministry more than mine. Maybe somebody else got to do the thing at the church that I wanted to do. Maybe we, we see somebody sharing a Bible study and, and we say, oh, man, I wish I would have gotten that revelation. I wish I would have been able to share like this person or that person. And instead of being inspired by it, the enemy uses that to create envy in our hearts. He says, you got to give me that. And what we're doing now is we're encouraging. Increasing our capacity for God. And now we're really ready to be filled. Now we're ready to be used. Amen. So now he says, I'm going to pour my spirit. I'm going to put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and obey my laws. Amen. And so now we've got capacity to receive the fullness of God. Amen. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we're waiting for. Now, you see, we've got more capacity. There's more. We can receive more of him because there's not something else in my heart that's taking up room. Amen. And so I, you see how I've increased my capacity for God. I'm able to receive more of his spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he begins to pour. And so what do we do? We come and we come back to those people that God sends us. And now we begin to pour out of a try not to make a mess. I can't guarantee it. Amen. 
it's, it's an overflow. Amen. It's an overflow. So we begin to pour into those that God sends us. Amen. We continue pouring and we continue pouring. Now, here's the catch, right? When I begin to pour, I begin to become diminished. So what, I, what I've got to do, I've got to go back and I've got to get refilled. See, he says, I put my spirit within you. It's not a one time thing. Amen. Now, now Jesus is the cup that won't run dry. Amen. So he'll continue to fill that. And we can continue to pour out every time we pour out. We should allow God to pour back into us as we're pouring out. Now, I've got the capacity that I need to do what God has called me to do. Amen. Hallelujah, because I, I increase my capacity by allowing the Holy Spirit to take those stones out of my heart. And then I say, OK, Lord, fill me up, fill me up to overflowing. And he comes back and he pours in more. He pours in more. But I keep my capacity. Amen. I keep my capacity. Family, the one thing, please don't don't go get more stones and put them back in your heart. Don't go back to the things the way things used to be. No, keep your heart clean. Keep your heart pure by keeping yourself filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Amen. So what he's <laughs> what, we're, what we're learning and understanding, amen, is we have to increase our capacity to receive. Amen. We have to let God remove the stones from our heart. There are things in us that are taking up space. And he's saying, listen, I want to give you more of me, but I need less of you. Amen. There has to be less of you in order for there to be more of me. We both can't take up the same space at the same time. Amen. So as we decrease, he increases, right? So we allow God to deal with those things in our heart and he'll allow us to increase our capacity for him. And then we have to stay filled. Amen. So three things right there. Increase your capacity to receive. Number one. Number two, let God remove the stones from our heart. Amen. And number three is stay filled. Fam, we have to get to the place where we stop trying to operate on fumes. How many of you uh, can be like me sometimes and you just like to drive on E? Okay, you're just close to E. Amen. I see a couple hands. You just like to drive on E. Okay. And it's like, because look, I got it. Some, some of us think it doesn't mean empty. It means everlasting. That's not true. Amen. <laughs> it's telling you that you're coming to a place of emptiness. Right. And so God is saying, listen, stop trying to operate in the spirit on fumes. Amen. Haven't you noticed the difference in your witness? Haven't you noticed the difference in your lifestyle, in your attitude when you haven't been spending time with God? Do you, do you notice the difference? Does it seem like, OK, something's off? That's God telling you, come back, get filled, get refilled. Sister Felicia has a quote that I love. She, she says it and I, I didn't stole it a few times. So I'm going to steal it again. This will probably be the last time I give her credit for it. Amen. Because I've done it so many times. But she says she says me without God is ugly. She says me without God is ugly. She says you don't want to see that. I don't want to see it. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we we can have some some disagreements. Sometimes we never really argue or fuss at each other or anything like that. But sometimes and the reason we don't is because she knows her without God. Sick is this ugly. She told me before you don't want to see that side of me. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. I believe you. Amen. I'm going to just go with it. All right. But what she does is she stays full of the Holy Spirit and it comes out in her demeanor. So even when she's dealing with disagreements, even when she's dealing with things, you can see the fruit of the spirit working through her. 
Amen. And there's some times, family, I see her just filling herself up, just being full of the Holy Ghost. She's got her worship music on. She's, she's meditating and spending time with God, getting her thoughts down before she has to address a conflict and everything. Why? Because she's being filtered. She's being washed. She's being refilled. Amen. And I've taken that, I've taken that page out of her playbook. Amen. Amen. So, so there are some times before I go to work, man, I got to get filled up. Amen. I need to be filled up. Family, you don't have you don't have uh, the luxury of being too busy to pray and spend time with the Lord before you start your day. That is that is not something we need to be doing. Why? Because more of us will come out when it needs to be him. He said, if you're going to be next generation church, what people should see is me. It's what the Lord says. What people should see is me, not you. Amen. And when we operate on fumes, guess what? All that's left over is us. And now instead of an overflow of the Holy Ghost, we got an overflow of flesh, overflow of bad attitude, overflow of evil speaking, things that the Lord was trying to remove out of our heart. Family, it can't just be taken out. It's got to be rinsed out. Oh, you got to hear what I'm saying. It's got to be rinsed out by the Holy Spirit. He comes and he fills and he pushes out. He makes room. Amen. We've got to be full of the Holy Spirit. So we've got to increase our capacity to receive from him. Let him deal with those stones in our heart and stay filled. Amen. Stop trying to run around on fumes. Now, you might be asking a very simple question. I'm closing with this. I think this is my second closing. I'm closing with this. Uh, a couple more scriptures. Acts chapter two, verse 38. How do I stay filled? How does that what does that even look like? You know, I was raised in a church where we didn't talk about the Holy Ghost. And, and again, nothing against that church. We didn't talk about the Holy Ghost. We, did, we, we, we knew about him, but we didn't know about him like this, in this manner. And, and it was very simple. Once I learned, man, he's available to me and I can be baptized and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hey, man, I want that. And it says, Luke, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, how do we receive? It says, Peter said to them, repent. That's how we do it. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive, watch this word, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not something we have to work for. It's not something we can purchase. It's a gift. Amen. It's what Jesus paid for at the resurrection. It's what he provided for, for us to be next generation church. We need his spirit. He said it's available. He said this Holy Spirit is available to all of us. Amen. Because we believe in Jesus Christ. How do we do it? Again, Luke chapter 11. Look at this. This is the last scripture for real. All right. Luke chapter 11, verse nine. He says, I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Now, we're, we're familiar with the scripture, but let's keep reading. What is he talking about? He says, for everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Keep this in context now. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead, instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Who would do that? He says, if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. He says, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? 
See, family, we start talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And sometimes, family, we've done it wrong. Okay, we've done it wrong. And we haven't done it according to the Bible. And it spooks us out. Everybody gets all scared or creeped out. And, or we've, we've been taught something different than what the Bible says about it. Okay, and we, and we don't want any part of it. But look at what God is saying. If a father asks, if a son, excuse me, asks his father for a fish, will he give him a, a snake instead? No. God, he said, no good thing will I withhold from you. I won't withhold any good thing from you. Why would you ask me for the Holy Spirit and I give you something evil? It's nothing evil. It's nothing spooky. It's nothing scary. He said, all you've got to do is ask. Everyone that asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, it's opened. Amen. So don't don't trip out. Don't freak out. Don't don't get creeped out about it. Ask the Lord. God, fill me with your spirit. I want you to use me. I want to be the difference. God, I want to I want you to use me for your glory. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. God, send me, send me, fill me, God, and send me out. Family, there's a world that needs to see the reality of God. They need to know that he's real. Amen. And the way they're going to do that is through us. God wants to use us. Amen. He wants to use you this morning. But he said, it's not by power. It's not by might, but it's by my spirit. Amen. So let's pray a prayer this morning and ask the Lord to fill us afresh. Maybe you've been baptized with the Spirit. Maybe you've been working and operating in spiritual gifts and it's been a long time since God has moved that way in you. Family, invite Him. Ask Him, God, return to me. Fill me again. Touch me again. I need you, Lord. You have work for me to do. And, and, and family, more than that, let me say this, more than that, more than the work there is to do, that's the intimacy. Hallelujah. That's the connection being filled with the spirit that's the connection amen he's drawing us to that place let's pray lord god we thank you for providing such a wonderful beautiful gift for us in the person of the holy spirit lord we ask you now fill us afresh lord let the manifestation of it be your business, God. Let that be your doing. However you choose to do that, God, let it be what you want for us. You know us, God, you, and you give us good gifts. You don't give us something evil. You don't give us things that scare us or creep us out, God. You, you're, you're good. So we trust you, Lord. So we pray this prayer with boldness and expectation. Fill us afresh, baptize us, God, afresh with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you permission today to search our hearts. We give you permission today to remove those stones out of our heart and increase our capacity to receive. Lord, we want to be like you today. So, Father, we ask you again, have your way in us. Fill us afresh. We thank you, Lord. Empower us, God, to be witnesses for you. Everywhere that you go, everywhere that you send us, God, empower us to be your witnesses. Thank you, Lord. And we receive, by faith, we receive your Holy Spirit this morning.
Thank you. Thank you. Keep drawing us, Lord.